Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you today? Awesome. Yes. Isn't Paris just such a treasure? What a great morning, and Kathy just bringing it. So glad we're in a house of people that just love Jesus. Well, thank you, Rudy. I love you, too. I'm not loving my iPad right now because it's not working for me. Oh, there we go. Whew. Yeah, my mom claims it's her because she doesn't do electronics. All right. Well, how many know Easter's coming up? A lot faster than it should. But in a couple weeks, Easter's here. We have uh, Joe Platt, our amazing graphic designer, came out with this awesome card for you guys to take to help invite people to come. Lost me. There we go. I'm back. But so these cards are f- not to remind you of Easter. I'm hoping you don't need a reminder to come on Easter. But it's so you can hand it out and invite people to come experience Jesus. Okay, it, but what he's done was really cool. Okay, I'm going to switch switch mics. That other one. I'm on the other one now. Thank you. Yeah, the other one's not playing nice this morning. All right, so on the other side is an invite to our Easter egg hunt, which is on Saturday, for kids to come. So you can invite your neighbors and their family and their kids to come and experience Jesus through finding eggs. You know people can experience Jesus through finding eggs? Now please don't send me an email. I know eggs are not in the Bible. Bunnies are not part of the Easter story. Okay, I don't need those emails. But, you know who thinks that bunnies and eggs are part of Easter? The world and the kids. So when they, think they, can, when they know they can get candy and have some fun, they get to come into a house that they get to experience Jesus. So that's why we do this. It's not because we are celebrating bunnies and eggs. It's so the world that's looking for answers can find the answer. So that's why we do this. So get these out there. And you guys are quiet today. Except for Joanne. I mean, I don't know if that's ever been said. That you were quiet. Ben shaking and said, yeah, no, 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 never, never happened. But there's cards at the giving stations. There's card outs. Take them, pass them out. We love to love on our community. All right. Also, at the conclusion of today's service, we have our uh, membership meeting. So we're looking forward to that. So members don't leave. And if you're not a member and want to stay, you are welcome to stay. You're a part of the family and love for you to be a part of the the membership meeting.
And we get to just celebrate what God has done here at the mission over the last couple years. So it's going to be a good time. All right. How many of you wish God's timing was like yours? And those that aren't raising your hand are lying. Or you think God's timing is your timing. But how many we know that, you know, that God doesn't really think of time the same way we do? You know, growing up as a kid, you think having to wait 10 minutes is a lifetime. Right? And as adults, if we have to wait a minute, it's a lifetime. Right? I've, I've worked in the hospitality industry for many years. Kids are way more patient in line than adults are. Just tell you, if adults have to wait more than a minute to place their order, they're not happy. All right, we're going to move on from that because you guys aren't liking that one. But see, God, God doesn't... Yes, there is a long sermon in that one, which is not happening today. You know, see, God's not worried about building something overnight. You know, David was anointed to be king by, by Samuel. And you know he wasn't king for another 15 years. He became the king of Judah 15 years later. And then he wasn't the king of Israel for another seven years. That's 22 years from when God anointed him king. In our thinking, we'd probably be like, God, what are you doing? Why are you taking so long? Because this perspective on time is a little different. So today, I want to talk about our past, our present, and our future. And I'm going to do it. In 15 minutes. So don't worry. Oh, that's 15 minutes per one. No. But honestly, I believe we're in a place in the mission's history that God actually promised us 30 years ago. See, God doesn't care about building things overnight. He's interested in building things that last for generations. So, believe it or not, I graduated high school in 1995 here at the great high school of Wilsey Wood High School. Is there any Wilsey Wood alums or going, yay, we have a few in the house. Vaca High is wonderful too. Actually, I went to both schools, so I like them both. I know, but Vacaville is just a great city. Yeah. yeah, in the surrounding areas. But so I graduated in '95. I went to um, I went off to Bible school at Christ for the Nations in Dallas, Texas, which was an amazing place. Learned a lot. But in, and it's a two year program. But in my first year, I remember starting to hear kind of whispers of God moving in the nation. And at that point, I didn't know, you know, we didn't know Brownsville had happened in 95, Father's Day of Brown, an outpouring started. So I remember hearing 
something going on in Florida at the time. But I remember that. And, and during my second semester, around February, March, I was at school. And I heard God really clear, which I didn't really know what I was doing. I was, you know, the church, like now we talk a lot about hearing the voice of God, right? And that you can hear it. Back then, that wasn't so much. It wasn't a, a thing you grew up learning. It wasn't a class we taught, yes. But I remember him saying to me, go home. And I'm only in my first year of a two-year program. It's the second semester. Loving being there. And he said, go home. So I said, okay. So I, I stayed the rest of the semester. Now looking back at it, was probably a mistake. Because I should have just gone home. But I thought, oh, at the end of the semester, I'll go home. So I don't have much time, but this is a fun story. So because I knew I was going home... I didn't quite take things as seriously as I should have. Got into some trouble. Got kicked out of school, but they did let me back in. So I should have just gone home. I should have listened. Listened and just gone home then and not waited. But I came home, started interning with the, um, the youth. And that's that winter of 96, we had a winter camp. And Dan McCollum actually came as the guest speaker and God just fell at this youth camp in, in a unique, unique way. And so the youth came back and just started experiencing God in a new way in youth services. And we, but we weren't really seeing it in the big church at the time. People were hungry for it, but we just weren't seeing the outpouring. And then a men's retreat happened. And God just absolutely changed things here at the mission. And he just poured his spirit out on that weekend. They came back that Sunday and just exploded at the mission. And renewal hit the mission. And it was amazing and lasted a long time. But I remember in the summer of, of 97, we went to a conference up in Sacramento. My parents, I'm not sure who else went, but uh, Dr. Michael Brown was a speaker. He's from out of Brownsville. And God was moving. I can, in my head, I can actually remember where I was sitting in the congregation. And it was at the end of the service and got, the presence was just so thick in the place. And I just closed my eyes and, and just started listening to the Holy spirit. And he started showing me this vision. That's what I want to share with you today as kind of a, where we've been our past, our present and our future. This is actually the first time I've ever spoken this publicly and that was 26 years ago that I had this encounter. I've mentioned it to a few people throughout the years, but can I just talk about encounters really quick? It's 26 years. 
I think we're way too quick sometimes sharing our encounters. Not all of our encounters are meant for public consumption. They're holy and sacred moments in our lives. So I would just encourage you, don't always be quick to share those encounters. Share what you learn out of them. But the actual encounters are intimate and holy. So just ask the Holy Spirit before you share. You know, me and my wife have intimate moments. I don't share those. (laughs) Yes, and my kids say hallelujah. Stop talking now, Dad, please. Please stop. So I would just encourage you. But I had this encounter. And honestly, I don't, I don't remember feeling overwhelmed or just out of it. But I started getting this picture in my mind that God was showing me. And he showed me a valley. And it was green. It was like green grass and fruit trees and bushes kind of sporadically spread around the valley. And I knew he was talking to me about this valley. About Vacaville, Fairfield, Dixon, this whole valley. He wasn't just talking to me about the mission. But he was actually showing me the whole valley. This area. And so he showed me this nice, beautiful green valley. That was, had fruit trees and bushes and had life. And so I was like, oh, that's awesome. I, I, that is how I see our valley. That is a fruitful place. That is a place that has life. That has spiritual life. We have amazing churches. And spiritual. And so then the picture turns to where God starts putting fertilizer over the whole valley. And it just keeps getting thicker and thicker. To where you couldn't see the trees anymore. And the bushes. And in my, head, my mind, I'm thinking, God, that's going to kill everything. If you over-fertilize something, it's going to kill it. And I remember him just saying, no, this is a good thing. And it got so thick that it was just, that's all you could see was fertilizer. The whole valley was just all fertilizer. And, and I remember that thinking, there's a time period here. Like this is a time, this is a moment of time. Like this is not a, something that's going to happen overnight, but it's going to be a length of time. Now remember I was 20 years old. So my length of time was, oh great. This is going to happen in two weeks. This is going to be a two week process. Yeah, not so much, but the whole valley was covered in fertilizer And then I saw this giant hand come out of heaven. And at the end of the, the beginning of the valley was this huge dam. And it was just brimming full of water. And I saw this hand come out of heaven and grab the dam and crush it. 
And when he crushed it, the water just came flooding through the valley. And as it flooded through the valley, as it receded, all the fertilizer was washed away. And this valley was full of fruit trees. So much where you could not see any gaps between. That's all you could see was the tops of all the fruit trees. It was so jammed packed of fruit. It was like a thick jungle of fruit trees. After this dam was broke and the water swept through the valley. That was 96 or 97. So 26 years ago that he gave me that. And so I asked him at the time, like, what, what are you, what are you showing me this for? Like, what, what's the purpose of this? And he said, this is what I'm going to do to this valley. And in my ignorance, I thought, oh, awesome. This is going to happen in a couple months. That the green valley that we started with was where we were at in the 90s. I knew that. I knew that's what God was saying. Is like, this is what the valley looks like now. But then renewal hit. And he was fertilizing the valley. And he's been fertilizing it ever since. For when the water is broken, when the dam's broken, the water fills the valley. That fruit can come. A massive amount of fruit. And so I've held this for 26 years. Asking God, when? When are you going to come? And break the dam. And he's, he's honestly been really quiet about it, which sucks. I mean, you all know, you know, you get promises from God and you're like, God, why isn't this happening? And he's like, next question. So I've been, so a couple weeks ago, he reminded me of what he, this promise he gave me. And this is what he, what he's kind of talked to me about is that from that point when renewal hit this valley until now, he's been fertilizing it. That this valley has become rich in soil. And it's not just us. It's not just the mission. It's about all the other communities and churches that are in this valley. They have become rich and fertile and ready for a harvest. See, so we've been, been hearing about things that are happening around this country and around the world of God's pouring his spirit out in different revivals, awakenings. We talked about it some last week. And he's doing amazing stuff. And I, I am so encouraged of what God's doing. 
what people are going after, that the young people are hungry for the real thing. But what makes me even more excited is the reports of churches in our valley that are experiencing his manifest presence coming in their meetings and when they gather. Getting reports of them just sitting quietly at the end of a service. And they say, hey, if you want to go, you can. And nobody moves. And the presence of God just comes. See, back in the late 90s, that wasn't happening. That wasn't a normal thing for our valley to happen. We went after it here and some other churches did too, but in general, it was not. We were the weird church in town because we went after the manifest presence of God. But now, after 26 years, of the valley being fertilized with his presence. The valley's ready for a harvest. The ancient of days is doing something new. He's been preparing us for 26 years for what he's doing. See, this moment in history God's been thinking about for 26 years. Probably actually a lot longer than that. But that's where I intersected the story. For some of you, it could be 30, 50, 70 years. But he's been building us to prepare us that this move of God can affect generations to come, not just ours. See, he wants to move in the next generation so that their children's children will know the one that loves them. I believe we're in the process of God breaking the dam. And when he does, it's not only will affect us, the mission, but it's going to affect the whole valley. Because it's not just about us. It's about his kingdom and all that are in it. This valley is ripe for harvest. It's been fertilized and ready to bear fruit. It's ready for the harvest. So what is God doing? This is Acts 2.16. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And the result of it is this. Malachi 4.6 And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. In the hearts of the children to their fathers. There's a generation 
out there that is waiting for the hearts of the fathers and mothers to turn towards them. There was a harvest waiting for you to turn your heart towards them. That's what God's doing. He's pouring out his spirit so that fathers and mothers' hearts will turn to the children. See, we can get caught up that we wait for the children's hearts to turn towards us before we turn towards them. But that's not how the kingdom works. That's not how Jesus works. He turns to the broken. He turns to the children. And turns their hearts towards them. That's what's happening here in this valley. That the hearts of parents are turning towards their children. And it's going to sweep a generation back to Jesus. If we're willing to turn our hearts towards him. Would you stand with me? This morning we sang that song, The Lion of Judah, Roar. And if I can be honest, actually I don't like that song. (laughs) Own personal reasons, it's a great song. So I, I was having a dialogue with the Holy Spirit during it. And I said, God, show me what you're doing. And he showed me that the roar is not a roar to scare things off. But he's actually roaring as a call to the broken. Call to the weary. A call to the disillusioned. Call to the ones that are searching for an answer and can't find it. That he's roaring as a call to the broken. To the lost sons and daughters is going out. And he's asking us as the mission church, will you turn your heart towards them? Will you turn your heart towards the broken? Towards the ones that are searching for answers In all the wrong places. That's where we're at as the mission. Is that he's asking us, will we turn our hearts towards them? And bring them into an experience to the Father that loves them so much. So Holy Spirit, just put out your hands. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to teach us how to turn our hearts towards him so Holy Spirit right now is the mission people of the mission this community that loves you so much teach us how to turn our hearts to the sons and daughters to the ones that are searching that are so desperate that they'll try anything to find the thing that you can only provide So Holy Spirit, we turn our hearts towards them and open our arms and bring in the harvest that we will love them into your presence.
And we just say, we are here for you, Jesus. Break the dam. Let the harvest come. That we are ready to follow you to be harvesters of the broken. That we have no clue what we're doing. We just know to love you and to follow you and to love them. So I say amen. Well, I haven't given you why. What you're agreeing to. But I wouldn't say amen unless you're agreeing to turn in your hearts. And I'll tell you this real quick secret it's not going to be easy because you're going to have to turn your hearts to people that absolutely drive you crazy and you don't understand so if that's you today and you're committing to turn your hearts let's say amen amen all right awesome thank you so we are going right into our membership meeting if you are a member you need to stay If you're not a member, you are absolutely welcome. We encourage you to stay, celebrate with us. If you need to go, we bless you, love you. We're going to start the membership meeting here in like one minute. So don't go anywhere. We're going to get started here really quick.